The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and friends. All right. This is uh, another remote record because I'm in Las Vegas. I mean, you are on fire right now. (laughs) Our energy level's off the charts. Let's pick it up. (laughs) <laughs> this is that uh, it's late night. We normally are a daytime, a daytime, daytime uh, podcast. We, we do like a morning radio show. We do like a wait. We're amazing it. in the morning. Oh, that's what we should do. We should do like eight a.m. when we've just woken up. You're in low uh, data I'm mode. Happy to do eight a.m. Chris is yeah. in a hotel room in Las Vegas. He's got so many hookers there. Um, uh-huh. I have hookers at my it's house too. Central. I have a lot of hookers in my house. That's what I'm actually. Yeah, me too. I'm a, but I'm like a, you know, webcam hooker. So I'm attending remotely. Virtually. Yeah. You're a cam girl, as they call it. Oh, yes. That's where our careers have led us. Cam cougar, I believe. Hey. Am I still a cougar? You could definitely make money. You know, that's always in your in your back pocket thank you thank you doing a cam cam cougar calls yes absolutely what is that OnlyFans have we talked about that OnlyFans (laughs) I don't know if we have but I mean if you did OnlyFans you'd definitely make money let's do that let's make some money wait I think we did talk about OnlyFans but like I think we did too (laughs) yeah why not I mean I feel like it would be a real um, it would it would strengthen our relationship in ways that we didn't we didn't see Want coming. To have happened. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's freelance pretend, by the way, and it's uh, Mondays. Uh, we have a little lag. Today's Monday, September twelfth. I just got into Vegas yesterday. I'm doing the World Series of Comedy. Mm. Went to uh, my first round stand up comedy <gasps> contest yesterday. Had a great had a- set and lost, so I'm not moving on to round. Wait, two. you lost and you had a great yeah, set. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great set, actually. I, to be fair, I didn't see the two guys who advanced ahead of me, and uh, they both sounded like they had really good audience response. So maybe fuck they did them. Uh, great. All maybe I have to great. say is, fuck them. <laughs> From your lips to the judge's ears. Yeah. Uh, Who's judging so, this? Oh, I don't know. People. So um, <laughs> I'm in Vegas Boo, until people. Friday. Uh because theoretically, I could have been around for later rounds of the same contest, but I'm not now. So I'm just here till Friday. Just how many rounds? Uh, there's. Let's see. I was in the wild card round, then there's a mm-hmm. second round, a semifinals, okay. then a finals. And every round you go, you have to do more time. So I was in a round where you did five minutes. Second round, you do seven. Uh, semifinals, I think you do eleven, and then in the finals, it's three comics doing like twenty-three minutes or something like that. Do you have 23 minutes? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Um, I could, I mean, easily do, the 11-minute round would be easy. Um, 23 might be stretching what I currently have. It might be stretching what I currently have, like, polished mm-hmm. and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so, in a normal situation, I could definitely do 23 minutes. Uh, I will say that this contest is a little, uh, they don't want you to do crowd work at all so oh I mean, really if you yeah if you really oh, be b- booked screwed me, 
if you booked me on a 23-minute set yeah. in L.A., I could easily do that. Um, but Why can't you do any crowd work? Eh, it's just part of what they're looking for here. It's just not what they're looking for. Who is it? Uh, is it... Uh, <laughs> I literally was trying to think of a comic, and I, you know, a name is popped into my head. Is this an example of the crowd work you would be doing? I know. <laughs> I, I was like, what? what is it, Gary Sinise? That was yeah, what my... What is it, Gary Sinise? That's what my name brought forward when I was trying to think of Ricky Gervais. Right. Well, Gary Sinise is famous for his stand-up comedy and his He's such... Work. He's the best. He's so good at crowd work. And by the way, neither is... Ricky Gervais is not known for his... No, he doesn't either. do any crowd work. So... Um, he just does terrible jokes about trans people. Oh, um, Ricky. Bro, Ricky, you're so... Why, why, why can I ask why people are I mean I know you can't talk about anything anymore you know but why are why 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 are people making jokes about the trans community because um well I have a th- oh, I mean we could, one is because they just don't have any like Ricky Gervais and Chappelle it's like why don't you write some material about like your own life instead of oh like, yeah but but yeah. they 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 sort of fancy themselves as like cultural commentators and philosophers you know uh, which mm. I understand where that comes from because yeah. as you get better at like stand up and as you get more and more fans I think they they, uh, you know think of themselves as being like I'm, I'm a modern philosopher like Mark Twain or George Carlin or whatever but so they feel this need to like comment on big issues of the day but I also think in general people have issues with trans things because it's like they're they feel out of control or something they feel like they're it's it's a a thing where people feel out of touch they don't feel young anymore or something they just feel like they don't understand what these new kids are what these new issues are and they essentially are just doing fancy gussied up versions of like old men yelling on his lawn you know it's Um, true i mean it is interesting because to me it feels it's just people stretching themselves in their in their own skin, and to me, it's like you know, this is. I don't understand how that really offends or hurts anybody. It's just like, who am I really inside of here? If anything, I feel like it's um, one of the great sort of just being so self aware, like not hiding. I, think that people, I don't know. I think people feel out of. Like, I think it scares people to have these issues that they don't understand. You know, I I would love to hear lots of, I mean, I love hearing about people's own personal experiences. So if any of these comics had a personal experience with an actual trans person, I might want to hear about that. I will say in the last Chappelle one, he purported to have this like relationship with this trans person that ended up uh, committing suicide because they were bullied on Twitter was his story. And then... Just in case anybody out there is kind of like, yeah, but he had this. Somebody like went and looked at that person's Twitter feed and was like that there is no evidence whatsoever that that person was bullied on Twitter. So it's very possible slash likely to me that Chappelle essentially distorted what actually happened to a trans person. I'm sure. Do you think Chappelle murdered them? (laughs) Yeah. No, but uh, I think it's very... It's very first. First of all, even if it was all true, knowing one trans person that supported your transphobic <laughs> viewpoint doesn't like. There's you can find people like that all the time, right? But I, on top of that, it seems like it just wasn't factually true. So, um, well, it almost made me feel like 
it's almost like the person, I mean, even if the story was true, in the, it's sort of like, I defended you, and people were so angry about you that it it hurt, hurt me that deeply. I don't know. I, to me, it's just, I don't know. I, I just couldn't understand why he went on and on and on. Yeah. I don't know. I and just now, thought, because I think anything can be funny. I, I, I firmly yeah, believe I that anything can be funny. And uh, if you look at it in the right way, and it's actually funny. We're a bunch of fucking morons. I agree with that. Overpopulating think, this planet, but I think I think what I'm realizing lately is that it's probably that I do think anything can be funny. I don't know that anything can be funny to everybody. No, of course uh, not. Of course not. And so I think some of these dudes just need to uh, accept. It's like just accept that you're going to be you're going to piss people off and stop like trying to also be the play the victim like just do it just just do your shit and like don't whine about the fact that like not everybody like some people think you're an asshole for the jokes that you make because mm. i mean you're never going to be able to please everybody anyway um i was thinking about this recently because people often will say that somebody like seinfeld is doesn't tell much about himself personally, but is like relatable to everybody. And I think that's actually a an increasingly untrue thing. I just don't think there's something that's relatable to every single person. And a reflection of him being relatable to everybody was the fact that like most culture was geared towards a reductive demographic of like everybody, right? So now there's people that want to just hear jokes about... I'm not sure I know it. Reductive. You mean reduced to? Is that what reductive means? Yeah, so like saying... I've never used reductive in a sentence, but I'm going to start using it. You should. Um, uh, Keep going. Saying that like funny is funny and that there are certain topics that are relatable to everybody, it just is like not true. And there's always this cost benefit uh, that you have to accept about the topics or the way you approach topics. And it's just... Like you just have to accept that. Like that's that's I think actually what a professional comedian has to do is weigh how much, um, you know, adding certain specifics to something will get some people really on board with your material and sort of inev- inevitably leave some people behind. And so there's really no way to write a joke that every single person is going to think is funny. It's insane to think that you could write that. Um, or maybe they'd all think it's clever, but like not necessarily relate to it with the passion that that you have when somebody's like speaking like right to the way you feel I think we should try to write that joke that everyone finds hilarious I don't think it well the other thing is that you know when you say everything can be funny I agree with that I totally agree with that but like there's also I think one of the issues with culture today is that there's honestly lots of jokes you can make about really taboo topics that you can make in the privacy of like a green room or uh, like some at someone's house that just don't play the same way when somebody records you and posts it out of context. And so there's this weird balance between like 
there's a lot of like awful jokes people make to each other when you you have privacy. And I think that like I don't think that's ever going to go away and I think it's kind of disingenuous for people to act like they never make jokes like that before, uh you know, or at any time. So the right. balance is between protecting that, which I think is important, like with your closest friends, you will make awful jokes to each other about a variety of subjects. There's protecting that and there's the phenomenon that like those kind of private moments also still tend to reinforce like horrible things in real life. So it's like, does a private recording of Trump talking about grabbing people's pussies, that is hilarious, like, obviously, always hilarious. Well, obviously, he wouldn't say that in public, right? But I guarantee that he's been in rooms in private where people thought that was funny. I, yeah, I, that but, wasn't I, the first time he said that. <laughs> well, of course. But I also think like, um, yeah, he's probably, that's probably one of his go-to's. You can just grab anybody's pussy. Um, that's what's so great about being famous. Uh, I'll have the Arnold Palmer. Um, but I think what what's interesting to me is when you you know you have a shorthand with a group of people and you can make a joke that does like t- three or four different things at once, and one of them is like, you know, I can't. I uh, this is funny because you can't say it or this or da, 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 da. there's just a million things and the relationship you have in the past or whatever you bring you know it's just yeah that kind of stuff but, but I'm, I'm talking about like an on stage joke like I wonder because I do think that we're very weirdly polarized right now I mean everybody thinks it's ridiculous but there isn't doesn't seem to be anyone really trying to do anything about it unless I'm you know, missing something. I guess, but I also just feel like I actually don't really see what the big problem with any of this is. Like, people are like, like, first of all, there, there's so much comedy right now, mm-hmm. and there's literally people on every side of this, like, woke or anti woke spectrum. There's people at every spot in that spectrum that are getting paid professional work. Um, the people that are like anti woke technically who feel like there's all this cancel culture and PC talk like they're doing fine like there's their podcasts are getting hundreds of thousands of downloads right. they're they're getting specials they're on Netflix you know and people on the other side are also getting Netflix specials i mean i think in any, in a way Netflix and people like that they don't really care about if anything this like culture war that's happening is just fueling um you know, passion. It's like people care about it, right? So, like, they, they, that's all they care about is the engagement. And so, I think maybe this whole thing, like, woke, anti woke, is just like a false thing to even worry about. Like, I just don't see it right now, like, I don't see tons of evidence that, like, people aren't able to, like, find a platform for what they want to say, no matter how proper or awful that it is. Well, I definitely think that there's some truth to that. And I also think that there are, you know, people who have exaggerated platforms for, you know, they're creating personas and they're not even really who they are. Yeah. And a lot of things too. But I, I think the real comedy is when you can swing both sides, just bam, 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 go back and forth. Um, and hit everybody because <laughs> it's all ridiculous. Yeah, phys- 
physically hit everyone. Yeah, physically yeah. hit everyone. Like, yeah, knock I mean, your audience I, out. So, like, I theoretically think that's true. I think a lot of times when people try to, like, play both sides, like, I've watched some specials lately where people try to be, you know, I make fun of conservatives and I make fun of liberals. It's like, inevitably, one side, it's, it, inevitably, it's imbalanced. In fact, in fact, this reminds me, I don't know if you've ever seen or read the play Oleana by David Mamet. Oh, I know what it's about, but I haven't seen it. Uh, well, so I just reminded myself recently what a total shitbag David Mammon is these days. Like, just a complete, like, Trump-supporting, horrible, horrible person. Um, which, like, really changes the way a lot of his previous plays strike me now because they were theoretically about awful men, mm-hmm. but theoretically had this perspective that was separate from the men in his plays, and now it's kind of like, oh, you kind of just turned into one of the men in your plays. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, lost his marbles a little bit. Yeah, I mean... How old is he? Some, yeah, he's probably in his 60s or 70s. I mean, people start he, to get a little bit cuckoo bananas. He might have been radicalized just like everybody else's grandparents by, you know, the changing world. But... I bring up Oleana because Oleana is a play about a college professor who may or may not have sexually assaulted a student of his. And it's supposed to be a an evenly balanced uh, play where you come out of it being like, oh, I don't know who was right or whatever. And that play is not written in a balanced way. It purports mm-hmm. to be a balanced thing, but it's not. Like, it's his case for the woman's side of it is very is not as uh, well constructed like, yes it's not as well constructed it's it's more like oh this this woman is kind of like uh, an awful person it's written awful in a person way that, or yeah mm. yeah and that's actually she's something I've vilified been... is that right if you're vilifying somebody you're villain villain well, no, it's villain. not that she's vilified. It's just that her motivation is like less. I can't remember what that means. Her, her that... motivation is more suspect than the professor's, mm. and there's mm. more things where you're like, "Oh, did she sort of go into this with an ulterior motive?" Mm. Uh, it's it's not a good representation of. I would say. I'd be interested to see what a a woman playwright would do if she wrote that same play, um, because it's it's. What? It, it, you come out of it being like, well, of course the guy is right. And it's not because I like side with the guy. It's because it's like not written in a balanced way. And so anyway, that's what my response to like, theoretically, I think stand-up comedy could be balanced. But often one of the sides in it is like just not well constructed. Yeah, I, do. I, think, I, I think so too. But I also feel like that's because people are ultimately, I mean, I guess you're, you have a viewpoint and that that will ultimately come come across but i also think it's it's hard to right now be completely uh unafraid yeah that keeps me from doing it i'd like to go back to stand up and i i think about like i just kind of think like the way things are picked apart now i i don't i don't know it's a funny it's a funny time like and as you were talking about Oleana, I was reminded of Leanna Kroom, who uh-huh. randomly like replaced me in this play that I did. Oh, which play? It was called um, 
oh, what was it called? Wang Dang. It was written by Tom Noonan. And a bunch of kids from NCSA came to see me in the play. And then we were about to make a movie out of it. And the girl that was in it was me, Tom, and this girl named Tristan Schuyler. And as soon as um, we finished the play, Tom and Tristan got in a big fight and he wanted to recast her character to make the movie. And then he decided he wanted to just start over from scratch. And he fired me and hired Leanna to play the other part. But then Leanna ended up playing my part. And then they yeah. ended up like moving in together. Tom oh. and Leanna, and he's probably like 20 years older than us. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just a very, it, it reminds, it's a sim, it's an interesting situation. I'm like, so how did that end up happening? <laughs> so the play like, Oleana could actually be O. O Leanna, exactly. <laughs> we should have Leanna on the podcast and discuss so she, the situation. We should have them both on there. I don't think they're together anymore, but... Um, uh, our listener, movie, our listener wants to know. Was a was a movie made of that play or no? Yes, it was. Tom oh. Tom likes to do these plays, and then he actually won the very first Sundance. I think he won. He did a place called a, a movie called What Happened Was, and it's the same uh-huh. thing where he develops it with the actors, and then they were. And I, he was the first person that had me rehearse something over like over and over and over again um i've never had anybody do that to me and he would have me literally go he like okay do it again 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 and like by the 13th time you're like fuck you man and you're not there's there but there's but it's interesting because there's no um thought in your head about there's no like, like the voice is gone. That's like, am I doing this right? Or you know what I mean? It's like you are in the present moment, even though it's often anger <laughs> at him. But it definitely uh-huh. created more like some interesting stuff that never would have happened if, and it was set in real time, like interesting uh-huh. stuff that never would have happened if we hadn't just done it over and over and over again. Like I, what was there the was, name of the play you were in? Oh, Wang Dang. You said. Wang Dang, Wang and Dang that's why it was unreleased. It never got released. It was never released. What well, that'll you? serve you right. You fire me, and shit goes. Listen, uh, I got fired yeah, from Shakespeare the, in people, the park. Go ahead. You had people blacklisted. I mean, I have you have to when somebody fires you. You really have to. But I did a production of. I got hired to do a production of. Oh my God! Yes, I think we've told this story where you were brought in and said, uh, "Yes." Well, why do you remember this? No, but but did I tell you what happened to the director? He fell Let's through see. a, you said a you trap door. You in. Well, he yes, fired me, <laughs> but then he fell yeah. through a trap door and collapsed a lung. So I'm saying, don't fire me. Oh my God. Shit'll 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 go down for you. Uh, it's bad go- luck. You're going back to New York tomorrow to go to. I am shoot more of the show that you're shooting did you not like my firing were you did you feel like we need to move on from this well i feel like we shouldn't retell the same story that we've told on a previous but i mean i know i'm crazy that's a i'm i'm just talking about i'm actually it's a but it's a different context <laughs> the uh the context where you are threatening physical violence towards people that fire you is that yes <laughs> thank you thank you i just wanted you to fucking acknowledge yes. it chris 
Yes, I, I acknowledge that you are retelling the same anecdote with a even more legally problematic. Excellent. Uh, Thank you. Well, we have um, our one Patreon subscriber, and he uh, can help us find some legal counsel. That's right. Well, we can you, we can put the money he uh, uh, spends at uh, patreon.com slash freelance pretend. You can take the money that he spends towards our legal... Um, that you just... That's how people... Legal, yeah. I like how you just you, you, did that. You just... Put, oh, I, I put the little plug in? Yeah, I like that. Put, we can put a $5 a month lawyer on retainer. <laughs> and we could say, our, look, our budget is $5 a month. So a whatever month. your hourly <laughs> billing rate goes... At $5, just stop working on stuff. <laughs> I think that would be like one word on an email that you're not that, that <laughs> you, don't, you can't see, release he'd start his time tracker it would take three minutes for microsoft word to load up and then he would type to whom and then he'd have to like hit file save well he'd be like then, after three minutes he'd be like you're you owe me 15 dollars right that was it's like every minute is like a thousand dollars right i think so i think that's what yes i'm going in the car is coming to get me in six hours. So I'm cool. going to go to bed in a few minutes. Right. Um, and I'm going to go to New Jersey. Uh, I do want to shout out a movie that a friend of mine is in. Oh, right. That I want people to go watch. And that movie is called Barbarian. Um, Did you say it was the number one movie in the It was the no- continental you know, the United States. My friend States. my friend went to shoot this film in Bulgaria last year. Okay. And it's the thing where you have a friend and he's he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go shoot this movie and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool and like you really most of your I mean there's a lot of projects where you just expect like I'll never hear about that again. Or it'll right. be like a little thing or whatever. So then you know, not only is this movie not going like directly to streamers, it's like in theaters. So we went to see it last week on the opening night at the Burbank IMAX theater. You and are living this movie large. Is, yes, this movie is so good. It's a big screen. And uh, so it turned out his movie was number one in the box office. I mean. And uh, I'm not going to say what his role is or what he plays, but he is critical to the the journey of this movie is all I will say. Are we allowed so, to know um, his name? No. And also oh, because he's not... our guest next week. Right, right, right. And this yes. week, well, let's... Uh, I won't say the other person's name, but he there's a person there's a person because it's a little bit of a surprise. There's a person in the movie that you've been in a movie with, and we want to discuss some uh, stories about Interesting. that. Interesting. Well. Okay, let's do but, it. So I will say that if you're in New York, uh, like and then let's try to have time, that person on the next. Well, week. that's going to have to be your job. Get booking that person. Okay. Um, although I have shot a small. Political. Well, I already told you who it was in text. I was today. trying to pretend, like I was freelance oh, pretending oh, oh. that I didn't you know. Were <laughs> there you so, uh, I'm a good actor, though. Ca- you didn't even know. I didn't. You fooled me. You used Thank that you. Meisner technique. Thank we you. Went and, we went back and forth, going, <laughs> "I don't know who it is. I don't. I don't know, know who it is. is. I don't, I don't. I, 
I don't I know. I wish someone who could it tell is. me what the fucking point of like the Meisner repetition is because we did it for like a whole semester, and I couldn't tell you right now what the whole point of any. We of that need is. a listener <laughs> to tell us what the point is because I I actually, um, I think the idea is you're supposed to actually be listening to somebody that. Listening and repeat yeah. it's just regurgitating. It's not really it's, listening. If it has some side effect like good benefits, then I think that it's so obscure and and tangential to the horrific process of just like talking back and forth. It's like I acknowledge that like Tom Noonan making you re- repeat something over and over and over eventually like has a decent effect on like what you do in the play but to me so much acting training is so unclear about how it's supposed to help you and (laughs) i think it's so borderline professional misconduct for teachers to put you through this shit where they couldn't articulate why they're actually having you do a certain thing and they just want you to be like just trust me and then because you're a talented actor, you end up doing a good performance of something and you're like, oh, you know what? I It was worth it all those times. You made me play an energy dolphin writhing <laughs> across the floor from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> well, I think I think that oftentimes they don't even really fucking know. No, honestly, they don't. And they're just, they just have to go in the room and do something. And ninety percent a teacher. <laughs> you, yeah. Like we got to do they, something today. It's got to do something to me. You know what? I'm every every student's going to sit in a circle. I'm going to sit in the middle to make the class about me, and then I'm just going to stare at you. And we have to have like a moment to start the fucking class. <laughs> uh, Who did that? Chidam did that. Oh, Chidam. Oh, Chidam. It's like, let me have a personal confrontation with every student in my class I like I already this power dynamic isn't uh imbalanced enough let me make it worse (laughs) to start this class I will say there's something about writhing across the floor squeaking like a dolphin Uh that I think does actually help I mean once you start doing weird shit like that in front of people yeah it does kind of open you up to like well I just squawked what's the past tense of dolphin squeaking like a Uh, dolphin squeaked I I like I squawked squawk is fine I squawked across the floor and it just then you're like I don't care anymore yes and then there's something that that I mean to a degree some of that stuff like gets you more in your body so you're not just standing there like flapping your hands and being nervous. In an acting school, you should have a class. One of your classes should just be the teacher going, don't do that with your hands. <laughs> hey, uh, turn... <laughs> a, like, I, I, I wonder in the British like model of teaching actors, is there just, are there just classes where they're just like, don't do that. Stand up straight. Move over there. It's just <laughs> let's cut. Let's let's shortcut all this. Okay, this is bad. Like, don't move your hands like that. It's stupid. It looks dumb. <laughs> instead of just instead of <laughs> trying to uh, frame them in a you know the you know your character is not a character that would move hands like that. Mm-hmm. I wish the, the teacher would just be like, don't do that. Don't touch. Don't touch that chair when you walk by it just because you feel insecure. <laughs> That's very funny. I uh, remember watching myself. 
on videotape doing um, Reno Sweeney and Anything Goes when I was a senior in high school. And I uh-huh. was, it was, it re, I, I don't, can you see my hands right now? Wait, let me turn on. We have, we have. Uh, Chris is having technical difficulties because he's in his hotel room. I did a lot of, I don't know Wi-Fi. how to show you that. I guess I could stand up. So my arms were to my side and I did a lot of like this, but my, this, this didn't uh-huh. move. Just to paint a picture, Missy, sort of elbows tucked in at the side. They're just hands like, going yeah, out the elbows like a windshield really wiper t- type situation. I mean, I just, I would be like, you know, whatever. I just kept doing this as I walked across the stage. And it was so, like, I, it just, it taught me so much just to look at myself, to go, oh, yeah. you, yeah. you were so t- tense in your, that you, you were up there and it, you know, you were giving as much as you could, but you were still holding yes. this whole area, like, if I could give a bit of advice to pe- people who want to be performers, it's that you should at least have the option of, you should have in your back pocket the ability to be on stage relaxed as yourself. Now, you don't have to do that every time. The character might not call for that. You might have to do other things that aren't you to tell the story of it. But you should never be like, I can't just be myself on stage or on camera that that it, it can't be that you're avoiding that all the time because so much actor tension is actors just not wanting to do that. And if you don't have that ability to just stand in front of people and relate to somebody else and re- listen and react as you would, then you don't have a base to build any I of the other characters. I will say this, of. though. I mean, you you and I, are we've been doing this for years I mean years and years and years and years and that is something that I couldn't really do until I mean recently you know it's uh, so so to say that like I mean I hear you and to have that as a goal maybe is more more than like I would say that there's a lot of actors who don't have that as a goal (laughs) and actually I think in theater school I, I wouldn't say that that's something that was ever articulated to us except maybe by like Francisconi Bob Francisconi maybe yeah um, you know I we I would say that one thing you see a lot in drama school is people who have a certain protection people who basically have versions of actor tension that are interesting so mm. they are kind of it kind of works for them it's like oh that's there's something cool or Charismatic about the way that they deal with that, but it's still not really them. Um, So, and that can be effective in a way too. But, um, and then the other thing that happens in drama school, I think, is people who actually start acting like crazier in real life so that there's, you know, you have one option, which is to be more relaxed and yourself on stage. The other option is for you to be more tense and crazy off stage, so you're like, hey, this is how I always am. I think that happens as well. I don't know. Uh, I still think that a lot of times actors just didn't get a lot of attention. In yeah. life, you mean? Yeah, I <laughs> think that's true. And for whatever reason, I don't know. For me, it was. I definitely felt like I could be myself more on stage, but I wasn't really myself. I was being somebody else, but I felt more myself in that character 
Well, as Barney Hammond, our voice teacher, would say, you are enough. Thank Just you. Just know that you are and enough. Although that was a weird thing for him to say because then he'd be like, you need to talk louder. You are enough. <laughs> uh, exactly as you are not. I don't know. Um, right. All right. <laughs> you are enough, but here's some, but please articulate better because we can't understand what you're saying. Actually, you know what? I know you want to go soon. This is a goal of mine based on recent... Uh, watching recent videos of my stand-up. Oh, yeah. Is I want to... Because right now I feel very relaxed and, and and not casual, but I feel relaxed and organic on stage lately in my stand-up. Too relaxed. So, to but, yourself. <laughs> well, no, no. I will say that in my opinion, some of my sets recently, my articulation hasn't been that great. And there's been times where I'm like, I think that would have hit harder... If I was speaking a little more, if people clearly. could have understood and what what you were saying. <laughs> Do you mean it like that? You think, I think there's a possibility think, they couldn't? I think my stand-up is better when people can understand the <laughs> words I'm saying. I'm not totally sure that might not that might just be a theory. So I think now a challenge I'm giving myself is that I want to basically increase the sort of. Prof- that craft around it. I want to articulate better. I want to speak louder. I want to speak more clearly while preserving the loosey-goosey feel that I have. And I think actually that's going to be not that easy for me uh, because, and, and I think this is like a, it's it's a, it's a, um, what do you call it? Like, I don't think this is real, like a real thing. I feel like, oh, if I articulate better, I won't be as, in the moment and organic because I'll be thinking about this this sense of me like thinking about the technical side of it right I think that's a false thing but it, but it is going to be a challenge for me to like raise the level of the just literally people understanding what I'm saying I think hey, so, I listen I that's my challenge I believe in you give it give it a whirl <laughs> let's see what happens because you know why? In the stand-up sets I've been doing lately, I've been more present, but I actually end up talking more like uh, like as loosey-goosey Texas. Let's hear it. Let's like, hear it. I want to hear this. No, I will say stuff like, you, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I guess that's what's... Uh, like, I don't really have the accent, but I will say things like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> like, where I'm just sort of emoting, and I'll watch the tapes, and and I think, oh, I understood what I said, some of the people understood what I said, some of the people laughed because of the rhythm or the tone of what I was saying, but I bet there's a per- percentage of the crowd that didn't literally understand the words I just said. Probably. <laughs> do you do any bits about being from Texas? Yeah. Okay. I got bits about everything. Let's hear. Can we hear a Texas bet, or not? Okay. Nope. And I'm actually going to. Uh, How about now? I was at a festival in. Nope, Ugh. definitely not. I was in a festival in Tulsa, and Dick, why do I even bother? My show. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm telling you that doing these bits in the wrong context, and this is completely the wrong context, is they don't hit. They feel humiliating oh, to do. Before this show in Tulsa, before my actual set at this comedy festival in Tulsa, a woman in the audience was like, oh, you're about to go up. Let's hear one <gasps> of your jokes. And I told a joke that I, like, that does well. Yeah. When I'm on stage and an audience is right. listening. And I literally said it and she just had, like, a complete, 
like eyes glazed right. over moment. And by the way, on a previous episode of this podcast, I have told a bit from my set, and you had no reaction to it. So oh, I'm, like, I'm in not going to do I'm in that trouble. anymore. Okay. Well, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that anymore for anybody because it's like just a. It's just really the wrong. It would be like oh, do a like. Do a dramatic moment. I would right do now. it. I would do it. I would do it for you, Chris. I'm doing it right now. All right, fine. I get it. I get it. Whatever. Whatever. Fine. Well, wait, wait. you did stand up, so we'd do one of your stand up bits. Um. No, I'm. I wouldn't. I just went on a rant on how it's the wrong context. <sighs> stand up. So all of my stuff wouldn't play today, but I'll try. I'll pull it out. <laughs> You mean in today's atmosphere? Yeah. All your bits are like, you know what? Women walk around. Just grab them. It's funny. Just grab a pussy. Um, uh, by the way, October 6th, I believe, there's another um, installment of my <gasps> monthly. Oh, I want to try to do it. God, yes, I wonder if I'll do. be in town. I'm going to bring my guitar with me when I leave tomorrow, and I'm going to work on my set. Oh, you're going to bring your guitar on the plane? October 6th, 2022 is my next Thunder Punch. It's at Skip Town Playhouse in East Hollywood, Los Angeles. Please come out. Where is that? Uh, It will be a very funny show. It's uh, on Melrose near, uh, I want to say, Vermont. You know what I'd love? Between Vermont and Normandy. I'm like, yeah, I want to do your show. And you're like, "Uh, sorry, I don't have, I can't. You're not invited. I mean, I've, I think, even scheduled you on a show that you then canceled previously. So <laughs> I, do, uh, I do want to do it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to bed now. Is that okay? Okay, we're going to go to bed. Next week, we hope to have oh, a guest for you exciting. from the movie Barbarian. You know what? So wait, this is what I was going to say. Is your assignment in New York, if you have castmates that want to see a scary movie. It's scary? Oh, yes, it's no. Scary. I can't I watch a scary movie. Scary. Oh, really? Do you no. not watch them at all? What kind of scary oh, is it? My. Do people get murdered? Uh, it's one of the scarier movies. <laughs> yeah, it's not just like, it's not like just about climate change. <laughs> um, take your friend uh, Constance oh, to go man. see Oh, man. It's really good. This movie is really good. I need to know so everything about it before I would see it. I could, that's the only way I can see something scary. Oh, okay. I have to like read the script. Okay. Read no, the no, spoilers. So, I'm going to try. I'll try. Your assignment oh, Your assignment is to see that movie this week and for listeners between yes. this episode and the next episode to see the movie Barbarian. Let's do it. And this is going to be great. Because I think, I think that if we, if we have both seen the movie, my guest is willing, I think, to talk a little bit about spoilers. <gasps> yes. But if you haven't seen it, he's not going to Okay, talk that, fine. So. so. Okay. Okay, we'll see you next week. Okay, friends. bye, friends. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. This show is a production of Invisible Treats, and today's episode was edited by Eric Michaud. The intro music is Happy Guitars by Ilya Truhanov, with vocals by Chris Grace. And the outro music is Cabana by Peter Spacey, both courtesy of Artlist.io. You can reach us on email at freelancepretend at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.